All right, good morning, everybody. Today is Monday, January 4th, 2020, and we got a few things to talk about today, um, not just in the West, but all around the world, too. Going to be covering a few different things, so let's get into it now. I'm just going to address the elephant in the room, the Trump phone call. I listened to all of it twice over just to make sure I caught everything to help report this for you guys, and look, the way that he's explaining this, or the way that he's arguing it, the the problem there is that I see his point, I see what he's saying, and I understand that if he, if the establishment is against him in, in at least one form, I can understand why he's saying what he's saying. At the same time, this doesn't look good for him, because what we have to look at here is, we have to say, okay, this type of stuff, this type of fixation and rigging, has been going on since even before Trump got into office, before Trump even was a thing in politics, right? With that being said, because the establishment is not on his side, they're not going to side with him. So what I see here is I see a different set of, I guess we could call chess games going on, if that makes sense. Now, the thing about this phone call is that immediately, depending on which media outlet is reporting it they're going to cast negativity on it but what we have to do is we have to go into this with a completely open and unbiased approach because if we don't then immediately we're either going to defend him or we're going to jump right to insulting him so when i look at this i say to myself okay this reminds me similar to the situation where they tried to get trump on the whole ukraine thing but the the full picture was not painted Right. And so, yes, everyone might say, OK, well, Dave, you know, it's in context because, you know, it's a full phone call. It's not like they're taking certain snippets of the phone call. I understand that. But what we also have to understand is that far worse has gone on in politics before. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's the lesser of two evils. So let's just go with it. No, but we have to we have to look at all the pieces of the pie here. Right. And so when we look at this, what we're going to see here is we're going to see he's arguing and making defenses about voter fraud, widespread voter fraud. Right. Which he has legitimate legal cases to argue against he really does can that change the result of the election that is what the question then becomes it's hard to say and i'll tell you right now the way that the phone call was framed i don't know if maybe certain audio clips were removed or not the way it was framed makes him look very bad however with that being said we can't look at this phone call and then say oh that, that that's it like he must be he's a terrible person no People in the past, Bush, Clinton, Obama, have done far worse, but because it was in a more civilized or traditional or bureaucratic or diplomatic approach, the media never even covered it. The media probably was never even tipped off about it, and if they were, they were told to be quiet. So you guys come up with your own conclusion of what you can make of this phone call. The only thing I say is that if you have, if you have spare time and you're interested enough in the world of politics, give that phone call a listen. He raises some very good points, but he also phrases some sentences in a way that are meant, not meant to, but would be portrayed in the media as embarrassing, which that ultimately has become. So the next thing I want to talk about is Nancy Pelosi was reelected speaker of the house by a slim margin. I mean, a win is a win regardless, right? Whether it's a big win or a small win. She was reelected Speaker of the House. Here come the same old neocon, conservative, dem liberal type of people. And I'm not saying this about just the Democrats, the Republicans too. These neocons, these, uh, these neotypes, these establishment ones, the ones that take big money and ensure that the corporations keep making money, she's one of them. So it, it get, it's so bad that even Democrats outside of Nancy Pelosi's circle, are saying, listen, she's got to go. And she just won her seat again. So, I mean, look, it, I'm not trying to imply anything. All I'm saying is that, look, if she won, she won, right? I mean, it, 
uh, assuming it wasn't fixed or rigged or anything like this, she won, she won. Again, I bring up the example like I did in yesterday's episode of Unleash the Crack, and I bring up the example of the Democrat congresswoman, a representative, running and saying, oh, her election was rigged because she lost. That gets zero media coverage. That would be, in my perspective, just as embarrassing as the Trump situation. But no, the media won't cover it because it's all about Trump, right? Now, yes, granted, the only excuse that could justify this is, well, he's the president, we have to cover him, yes. But if you're talking about finding similar issues, what about the issues of the people that are raising these same arguments on your own side? And I say this towards the mainstream media, right? And this representative, this woman, is one case in point, one prime example of that. Anyways, the next thing I want to talk about is that all 10 former U.S. defense secretaries released a letter pretty much saying the election is over and Trump has to get over it, and they all signed it. Look, again, by the way, this whole episode is not going to be about Trump, so don't worry. It's touchy because they're pretty much... the. I understand what's what's happening here because the whole thing is that if you question the establishment you're immediately labeled by the mainstream media and the establishment as a conspiracy theorist so they use their power and their influence the mainstream media whether it's through the internet or the radio or television they use that traditional power that they've held for so long to label us a conspiracy theorist if we just raise some type of question about this type of letter or something like this right now again we don't know that maybe on the other half of things or the under the table part of things or the shadow part as they call it there is some type of massive fraud occurring and at the end of the day everyone not everyone's in on it but no one is privy to it except for a handful of people therefore everyone believes that the election was fair and therefore the secretary of states write these letters and things like this i'm not saying that's the case biden won technically i have to say that because youtube is making me but biden won we have to see though but he did win you know what i mean anyways all i'm saying is look and all all jokes aside in all seriousness it, it comes down to perspective and it's very similar to reading a history book which is that history is written by the winners doesn't mean that the winners are always good doesn't mean that the winners are always telling the truth right so anyways japan is going to launch wooden satellites by 2023 to try to reduce space junk that's pretty cool if there's any way that wood could be merged with some type of modern technology that's awesome. I, I'm all for that, to be honest with you guys. That's pretty That's pretty cool. The next thing is that Trump is going to give, I think today, actually, Trump is going to give Representative Devin Nunez the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Look, he's the president. Whether or not people agree with that, people have their own opinions the same way that Trump gave Rush Limbaugh the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Look, if he's the president, whoever he wants to give it to, whoever he feels is necessary, let him do it. I don't understand why the media is making such a negative thing about it. Like, it's not like he... Uh, I don't want to go on and on about it. Just... I'm not defending Trump, but I'm not going against him either. Let's look at this from an unbiased perspective, right? So, anyways. Now, the next big news is that a UK judge just ruled that Assange, will, Julian Assange from WikiLeaks, will not be extradited to the United States. The US government said that they plan to appeal, but this is all a front show for the back channels and all that. This is, the way I see it is, to keep up the show, the puppet show, the U.S. government will will appeal and this and that and whatever. But on the back end, this is when they bring in the CIA operatives and the, the blackmail and the leverage and the negotiation. But it depends how badly they want Assange too, right? So what they'll do is they'll use back channels and under the table negotiations through some type of, uh, you know, leveraging or blackmail or some type of quasi threat sort of sort of thing in order to implicitly but conclusively obtain julian assange and get him back to the state so it, it all depends right but i'm glad to see that they won't extradite him i'm glad to see that they're standing up to in this case standing up to the west because 
There's evidence to suggest that Assange's perspective and his side of the story is more truthful than the narrative that's being pushed by the media, right? So again, this is why a lot of people still support Trump. It's not necessarily about the election. It's just about going against the establishment. And that's why I, I see where they're coming from. I genuinely do, right? The next thing, oh, also, they cited, the UK court cited suicide risk, that he was at risk of suicide. I don't know if they're trying to, like, if they thought, okay, you know, if they couldn't protect Epstein or something like that, then why would we send him? And they, look, they raise a valid point. Like, come on, you know? So, anyways, New York law just proposed within a complex piece of legislation that they want to establish COVID carriers in detention centers, and not just COVID carriers, disease carriers. Here's the thing. It's very vague. What this legislation, I read it, it's very vague. And the problem here is that when something is that vague, it's scary because you don't know exactly what it's being used for. We don't know what it's being used for, right? And so it tells you something when a lot of people are leaving New York, even the rich people. I think that the whole thing with the lockdowns has really turned a lot of people off. People are leaving California and New York in droves. They're going for more... um, what seems to be southern states like you know texas and places like that which they seem to like with more peace less taxes and less regulation and things like that but look again it's preference and at the end of the day a lot of people love andrew cuomo a lot of people hate the guy so it really depends where you're coming from and it depends on the the perspective you hold on him but at the end of the day this is true the legislation was done and i don't it's it's so general it can be interpreted for anything right so i don't want to sit here and and just go off into 30 different tangents about what it could mean because it could literally mean anything so anyways ted cruz recently said that google is the most dangerous company in the face of the planet yeah no shit (laughs) um big tech has clearly quietly but at the same time not so quietly taken over from big oil and big pharma in my opinion in terms of leverage and power just because they have access into people's literal daily lives minute by minute and it's the quantitative data the amount of data the quantity of it that is being collected which is why like for example when the american government issues out contracts to amazon or facebook or google or apple they don't not all the time do they reward them money for it sometimes they'll say you know on the front end they'll say okay we're going to do this contract and then apple or facebook will counter back and say okay we're going to do it for free and then it looks good it looks good on both sides because it looks like you're helping the government it looks like you're american and patriotic but what they're not telling you is that the data is being exchanged for that contract so fake companies like facebook and google they love data they love data just as much as money why because they can sell the data into probably even more money and duplicate the data or maybe even more and sell it to multiple companies over and over again, right? So in many ways, the data is more significant than the direct cash that these companies sometimes receive. But lately, they haven't been because, again, like I said, it looks good on the front and, oh, we're doing a good service for the for the country. No, it, it's the data. They want the data. It's as simple as that. The next thing is that, in speaking of which, I might as well bring it up now, investments in Bitcoin keep going up and up. Many think it's being uh, propped up by the elite or some type of faction that is trying to push this but it's hard to say i mean whether or not this is some play on the level of you know george soros and those guys or whether or not this is some play on the level of mark zuckerberg or or what have you look for those who all i all i can say is for those who invested in bitcoin god bless i mean for those who invested in bitcoin before it jumped god bless you because you're probably doing pretty well for yourself i know a few people who tried to convince me a few years back into bitcoin i didn't end up doing it and again i regret it but again it's the same thing like anything in life you you miss opportunities but then more are going to pop up so whatever right so that's pretty neat 
The next thing is that India's approval of the COVID vaccine is concerning scientists around the world, and particularly within the WHO and slightly within the, in the CDC, but the CDC has its own issues to deal with now anyways, because it lacks data. It lacks evidence suggesting that its efficiency and efficacy actually works. Now, this is according to Al Jazeera. So it's not from some Western website. I, I like Al Jazeera. They cover things very neutrally uh, in many ways, and sometimes they don't, but that's for a different conversation. Look, I because of the whole COVID disaster, let's call it, because of these fake needles and, and alleged strains that we don't even know about, like, the problem here is that it's not it's not clear cut. So when we hear these types of things, like the data from India is not solid, we don't know if that's just trying to sow doubt for some type of long term propaganda ideal that could be a form of predictive programming to subvert into our conscious minds. And I know that sounds a bit extreme, but we have to look at all the angles or we don't know if India really doesn't have good data to support this alleged, you know, vaccine. And we don't know. So at the end of the day, what we have to do is we have to look here and we have to say how much of this could be part of some political strategy, how much of it could just truly be the truth and how much of it could be maybe even the WHO with influence from China or the States or Russia, uh, not sorry, not Russia or Japan be saying pretty much, listen, so doubt it's a, it's it's a vaccine just like everybody else's but create some kind of doubt it's hard to say it's hard to say who's behind it because at the end of the day the strings are being pulled by those who hold the power let's not kid ourselves here right excuse me the um the whole thing of unbiased and neutral it might happen in some cases with some organizations but ultimately it's whoever holds the power it's as simple as that right the next thing is that Israeli prosecutors are, have detailed corruption charges against Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu of Israel. He allegedly exchanged hundreds of millions of dollars worth of contracts with a media giant in, and worth of uh, contracts and regulations with a media giant in order to get good press coverage from that same media company. Look, he's allegedly, I don't know how serious it is. I haven't followed it up, followed it up sp uh, in extreme detail, but look... This stuff happens all the time. Like, get over it. Like, I know it's, it's, it's a headline and it's, it's clickbait and this and that, but this stuff happens all the time. I mean, if you look at the, the afternoon episodes we do on the show here, this stuff is, is done constantly. So at the end of the day, we can't just sit back and we can't just say, okay, like, oh, this is shocking. Look at this. No, it happens all the time. This is nothing. If, if they knew or if we knew what was really going on, we'd want every single one of these people in the government gone. If not, you know... Yeah, but you know what I mean. So, but then at the end of the day, we then have to think, because this is what I think sometimes too, if we take out everyone within government around the world, not just in the West, and we replace them with new people, those new people are humans just like the people before them. But unless they're forced into some form of corruption, what they're going to see is that by nature, the way in which the political chess game works around the world is corrupt by nature. It's just human nature, dr you know, driven and derived from emotion and illogical and unreasonable, uh, unreasonable thinking. So look, at the end of the day, it's a chess game within a chess game within a chess game within God knows how many more chess games, right? So this little situation that he's being accused and charged of, allegedly, I don't think it's going to stick. I mean, this kind of stuff happens all the time. Who's going to really care at the end of the day? I mean, does it look bad on behalf of Israel? Sure, but I get the feeling, and don't take my word on this, but I get the feeling Netanyahu doesn't care. <laughs> so... And the final thing is that, speaking of which, Israel also allegedly vaccinated a million people in less than two weeks. Take that as you will. I say that because it's very hard to say 
and figure out what the intentions are with respects to Israel because of their close ties to the U.S. and how their agendas align constantly and how they love to be on the U.S.'s side. But at the same time, I'm sure they hide many things, but the U.S. and Israel are very close in the intelligence perspective. So you might say, what does this have to do with them vaccinating a million people? Everything's a chess game, guys. That's all I'm saying. Everything's a chess game. So what we'll do is we will catch you guys later this afternoon or for tomorrow's episode. And uh, thank you so much for watching me for the news. Genuinely appreciate it. Cheers.